Hello everyone, this is Greg. Just a quick heads up, as a trigger warning, we are discussing the Frozen Ground today, which includes subjects around stalking, sexual assault, kidnapping and rape. So, if that's not for you, probably best to skip this one as well. But, everyone else, let's get going. Hi Gregory. Hi Thomas. How are you? You were asking people... What is your opinion of the actor Nicholas Cage? C-A-G-E-F-I-G-A-G! Don't be looking at her too hard now. This is a very different and weird question. Oh my god. I really like how he doesn't seem to give a fuck what anyone thinks about him. This is Cage Fight! And I think that's kind of badass. Welcome to Cage Fight. I'm gonna drink me a beer. It's Saturday, no school today, so what you gonna do? Just fly around and turn around, and this is what we do. It's whack-a-day. No, I... Ah. Right, that was supposed to be the introduction song to the children's magazine show from the early 90s and late 80s, Whackaday, starring Timmy Mallet. But I forgot the words. Um, I've been looking forward to doing that for a while. I think every time we record, I want to sing Whackaday, but I never think to look up the words, even though they're easy to acquire. But anyway, this isn't Whackaday. No, it's not. Stop thinking that. This is Cage Fight. My name is Gregory Aikerman, and that'll do for an intro. <laughs> Who am I here with? You're here with Thomas Beeman, who has never seen an episode of Wackaday forever. It was quite good. They just did, um, like, you know, cart- cart- they played cartoons, but in between the mm. cartoons, there was, like, call-in, show- call-in uh, quizzes, where people would, uh, if they got the question oh. right, Michael Jackson would walk over custard while a model of Michael Jackson. You know, that sort of silly <laughs> okay. late 80s, early 90s children's Completely nonsense. normal back then? Yes, of course. I don't know whether it would be the same now, but that was it. But lovely to see you again. Well, see, lovely to hear you again, Thomas. But what are we? Why are we here? Why have we come together? Why are you speaking to me? Why am I speaking to you? We have formed the Voltron known as Cage Fights. Yeah, uh, just three parts of it's not. It's a three-part Voltron. There's, I don't know. Is there like? Two hidden figures that, yeah, we'll go ahead and say that there's two hidden figures that yeah. you've yet to find. You you know of Lunchbox, who's the the head, at, he's the body head part of the Voltron. Yes. I like to think that I'm at least a left leg and Gregory okay. is the right arm okay, of excellent. this Voltron. And there's two other members, because obviously the actual torso and crotch is the final product that you're listening to. The concept yeah. of what this is, is is uh, torso mm-hmm. and crotch. Um, and uh, Nicolas Cage is like the spirit or being that like got us all together to do the Voltron thing. Because so we've got a leg and an arm to find. They could be the people who do Eternal Cauldron of Emotions. <gasps> that would be so. <laughs> that would actually be so sick. But yeah, we've we formed this Voltron of cage fights, mm. and we don't fight crime or solve people's problems. We yeah. talk about two Nicolas Cage movies uh, <laughs> and compare them, which, which is arguably probably yeah probably better if we're being honest. No one wants their problem solved. Much better, and, uh, much better. Because yeah, we're uh, pretty overrated. If you if your problem solved, what have you got to complain about? Uh, like, who are you gonna say? Oh God, this cough's getting worse too. If it's solved, which is paraphrasing mm-hmm. a paper chase song, you remember the paper and if chase? The, if the 
problems are solved. Like, how will there be more content to make movies on in which Nicolas Cage can star in? Exactly, because Nicolas Cage isn't a problem solver. He's a problem explorer. Oh, I like Problem Explorer. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> why. But, like, I, yeah, Problem Explorer is probably my favorite early 90s cartoon. No. <laughs> <laughs> So, Problem Dora, uh, the Problem Explorer. Yeah, exactly. So She, uh, she was just really two... problematic as she explored. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, for a kid's <laughs> for a kid show, explored some really dark subject matters, yeah. kind of like today's episode. Oh, because yeah. Because we've got two uh, darkish movies that we're going to talk about. First one is A Score to Settle. Okay. And the film that I watch, The Frozen Ground. Okay, so we're we're gonna have a score to settle, which is a bit bleak, but I imagine Frozen Ground's gonna be more hardcore. So we're gonna ease oh, yeah. into the episode. Because oh. a score let's let's talk about a score to settle. Please. On the surface, this is a gangster revenge movie. Nothing out of the ordinary, quite fun, basically. Cage is a gangster. His boss murders someone. Cage takes the takes the blame for it, goes to jail for 19 years. He is released six years early because he's got insomnia. But it's proper hardcore insomnia, which means he'll die soon. He's released. He is intent to speak to all of the people who used to be his gang members to find the leader to go so like what the hell man i was left in jail no one looked after me no one paid attention to my family i need revenge so he goes to find these people to have a word with them and off them that's his plan along the way he bumps into his son he hasn't seen his son for almost 19 years and he wants to rekindle his wife has long since died and he loves his son and his son had a troubled time because you know the gang was supposed to look after his son and then the wife died and the gang sort of like just left his son who turned to drugs and got really bad and he's doing his best when we meet him to come off the junk but he's still troubled so Cage is meeting him sort of like hey come on we gotta reconnect I love you I'm sorry that you were put in that position but I'm gonna sort it out and the son's like sweet dad okay I'm a bit upset you weren't there but I understand and it's a genuinely quite lovely thing and there's trust issues but they, they stay in a hotel for a few days they go for meals they talk through the problems and they just have fun and talk about sort of like you know hey let's talk about women what sort of women do we find attractive and blah 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 blah. it's it's crass in a really lovely friendly silly way and they help each other and Cage is slowly finding love inside himself through his son and his son seems to be getting happier and happier and healthier and healthier the more time they spend together. Whilst this is happening, Cage is running off tracking down his old gang members. He kills one of them and the other two he fight, are like, you can't easily kill us so chase, 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 shooty, shooty, shooty. Mistakes happen. Cage then finds out that the big boss of the gang has been in a coma for almost 19 years so the big boss wanted to look after cage and his family but when he was in a coma the other people took over and they didn't want to waste any money so far just normal and you're wondering i imagine thomas you're there going but greg i thought you said there was some sort of emotional heart in this film and so far it sounds sounds like a lovely time yeah towards the end of the film and obviously spoilers we find out that Cage's son died years ago while he was still in jail. 
he has manifested this ghostly apparition of his son uh, to sort of try and deal with the trauma of it because his son was murdered by the gang that that Cage was in. Because his son was a junkie, the gang saw him as a liability. He's obviously going to run his mouth and tell someone stuff that he knows, and we can't take the risk, so they murdered him. They were supposed to look after him, but instead they murdered him, and this is the reason why Cage is so angry, because throughout a lot of the film you think, why is Cage so angry at these people? Because they're for the most part they're doing kind of what what they said they would do and when he speaks to them they're saying look we couldn't look after him for 19 years so we did the best gave him some money and whatever you know like leave it alone mm. and it seemed it seemed unhealthy in a real world but within the world of gangsters and and this crime world he lived in it's like well that seems kind of fair enough i suppose but no we then have a heartbreaking montage of all of these scenes where cage has gone to dinner with his son and gone round shops and you suddenly see it how it really was cage just sitting down having meals on his own looking sad he wasn't speaking to a ghost or anything like that nothing as silly as that he was just sitting down ruminating on what he would say to his son if his son was there to be honest it's a straight two and a half star out of five film but that punch got me they did it so Mm. beautifully and so well and so affecting that it was just uh, awful like it, it, like I mean, emotion. It was an emotional hard hitter. It was most of the film is just a classic Cage film where he's going after revenge. There's some lovely little set pieces of action and lovely little car chases. All that nonsense, but nothing special. You would just go like, Nah, this one's not going to go through. Who cares? It's another film. If you if it's on late at night and you've got nothing to do, don't change the channel. Watch it, but don't seek it out. There's nothing for you. But no. Mm. When it opens with that, and once we have that revelation, we have the final battle with Cage and the big bad, and Cage decides to let him live, because this mantra which is going through the whole film is the idea that today is your day to try again. This idea that whatever Mm. mistakes you've made, no matter how trivial or serious, there's always, so long as you're not dead, there's hope. You've still got time to, if you can't fix your mistakes, you can make it make your life better by just not repeating them and being a wonderful human going forward you can't undo a mistake and hey this kid murdered cage's son he can't undo that but what he can do is treat his family with respect and love and patience and cage allows him to do that and then it ends with cage killing himself via cop you know like the police come come over and he just runs over he goes to reach something in his pocket the police go that's probably a gun bang 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 he is dead and it was obviously a baseball card that he gave his son many many years ago that's sort of the physical embodiment of uh his memories and that that's (sighs) yeah yeah heavy stuff Heavy stuff, but everyone hated this film. I was reading loads of reviews, like, from lay people and from professional reviewers. Everyone just went on about this being a subpar cage film, like, the same as any other film, but not as exciting. Really boring, everyone's phoning it in. I disagree. It's not a film I'm in a hurry to watch again, but I wouldn't be adverse to recommending it, if this is your cup of tea, this sort of film. But, I don't know, it's, it's a lovely little movie. I mean, it's not great but it's a lovely movie and it's definitely got a really strong heart and that heart is pumping emotion it was it's from 2019 so we're 
out of the end of uh, Cage just doing anything. So it was clearly a choice that he did this film, Mm. rather than just, what's the pay? Okay, I'll be there. Like, yeah. But I don't know, man. Like, it it feels unfair that everyone just took against it. And a couple of reviews were talking about the twist of the sun seemed cynical and like, oh, you've got nothing, so you turn to this in order to try and convince us that there's some worth to the film, that there's some emotional heart. And again, I disagree. I don't think it's a cheap trick. I think it simply is the emotional heart of the film. I think Mm. it's great. I think all the actors, even there's a stupid villain who's called Mr. Dragon, and and he just runs around going like, hey, I'll mess you up. Well, I don't care. You can't kill me. And just runs and jumps and does parkour everywhere. And even him, there seems to be more to him than just this one-dimensional jumping jack of a bloody villain. It's just, I don't know. It's a fun film. Maybe it got me on the right day. Maybe I was just feeling a Mm. little more emotional than usual when I saw it it could be that but it affected me and I would say that's a strong win for a movie yeah I I I agree yeah I think that a lot of people at least in my opinion tend to like not be open to the like emotion of a film and Mm. that can lead to you know those kinds of reviews yeah which is really unfortunate because that's like the pulse of many movies that and if you're not tapped into it, it's just you're, you'd be you'd definitely be missing the point of it. It just seems like uh, this has happened with a lot of Cage films, with the reviews anyway. Not the mm. films themselves or whatever they are. But he's not an actor who just does one style of film. But mm. everyone seems to constantly want him to be an actor who does one style of film. Mm, so okay. Ev- Every time he does something else, which is, as we've learned from watching like 60 odd films or whatever, frequently he doesn't just yell woo and give mad eyes and run around. Frequently he will do something different. But every time he does something different, people go, ah, but this isn't Caster Troy in Face Off. I don't want to watch this. Yeah. This, mm-hmm. that, that's the only thing you do which see it seems weird that and, is such bullshit too like yeah that that's really upsetting to think like uh you know you hear about it all the time like the typecasting of actors and mm. you know he's far from like you know the worst of it but that reputation is it, it's just such i think we're finding out just how well it's not bullshit right it's not bullshit because he will do it but it's he, something that when it fits the role, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't do it unless it's necessary. As as it happens, it's frequently necessary because of the type yeah. of films that he gravitates toward. Yeah. Uh, and he does a great job at. It. He's the only one who can really uh, among many actors. He's one of the best ones that can really like be unhinged to like an entertaining degree. You know, that's a difficult thing to do. At least. To me, and I feel like what puts him, not necessarily about, I feel like what really sets him apart is the fact that he's also like a really good dramatic actor. He, he really, really, he really is. And I think this is a great example of him not being taken seriously for something which is mm-hmm. very good. Like, the film yeah. also has lots of silly, funny moments. There's a wonderful chat where uh, he gets with a sex worker at one point, and it's a very lovely encounter, because he he goes a bit uh, overboard by assuming the relationship is more than a business transaction, but he doesn't do it in an 
aggressive or uncomfortable way and he apologizes to her mm. and sort of you know it, it, there's a lovely little side plot going on there which is just charming but at one point her pimp comes over and threatens him and the way he dispatches the pimp and that is just so offhand and so amusing that it's just cage is one of the few actors that can tell a pimp that he's not gonna pay for a sex worker because the wrong one came to him in a way which is very charming and amusing (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so yeah like overall you feel like this was a pretty decent role for him yeah overall he wasn't phoning it in he was like he showed up he he showed up to this it was a subtler role but it wasn't it wasn't uh because of a lack of effort it was because he Mm. did exactly what the role called for and i thoroughly enjoyed this movie little upsetting but in a way that the film justified i think Mm, uh yeah but yeah i'm a fan of the movie i'm gonna i'm gonna say it tom i like the film i like the damn film cool excellent but that's fantastic a bit sad. Maybe we should go to a happier film, which will fill us with joys and laughter now. What do you say? Not that we should be directly comparing traumatic experiences, <laughs> but I got to tell you, <laughs> this, one might, this one might do the job of just being worse in terms of it, the type of content. So hmm. we've got The Frozen Ground. It's a 2013's movie. It stars, well, of course, Nicolas Cage. Boom. John Cusack, by the way. Oh! I don't think they've been in a movie together since Con Air. I could be wrong about that, but I feel it's the truth. That's so it awesome. is. <laughs> and then we have <laughs> then we have Vanessa Hudgens. Um, really? Why do I know her? Where's she from? Vanessa Hudgens was in Spring Break, I think is what it was called. Oh, Spring Breakers. Spring Breakers, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the film where a bunch of, like, college women go out and do crimes and shit, and it's, uh, like, so juxtaposed by it being, like, college women, like... And they meet James Franco, who's got a grill. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, that's correct. Oh, I bloody loved uh, that movie. Yeah, it's actually really good, and, of course, she does a great job in this film playing mm-hmm. uh, Cindy Paulson, who is a sex worker. At the mm-hmm. beginning of the film, she's found, like, cuffed... And clearly in trauma. And to cut to the chase, this movie is about a serial killer who stalks women. Right. Uh, he, ha- he has a type, and Vanessa's Hudgens' character is one of them. And he will rape them repeatedly and take them out to the woods and hunt them, essentially. That's basically the film. Uh, Nicolas Cage's character is a sergeant, so he plays the role of the law enforcement. You have the a movie where Nicolas Cage's character is trying to make a connection with Cindy. She's the only one of the victims to escape, so she's the he needs her to, you know, testify. And mm. uh, she's clearly has a lot of trauma and has a lot of family issues, so it's tough for her to trust. He has to, you know, convince her and then save her uh, from. The, the the serial killer is your like typical he's an establishment of the of his community you know he's like a very important person so no one really wants to believe that he could do these things and in that sense he has connections and he's basically also trying to track her down again to essentially keep her from 
being able to witness him. And all the while, they're just trying to find this guy and and really nail him to uh, all this evidence. And uh, there's not really a point to get into the like plot points of the movie because I feel like you most assuredly should watch this film if uh, if you. Oh, wow. Yeah, if if anyone listening, if you. Uh, like movies, you should watch this film. It's very good. Really? Um, yeah, it's, 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 I can't believe <laughs> this is, it's crazy <laughs> that we miss so many films just by the act of waking up and living throughout a day. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've never heard of this. Mm. Not once in my life has anyone talked about the frozen room. And yet uh, I, I feel like much better off that I, now that I've seen it. You know. Oh wow! Because um, what were yeah, we all it's... doing in 2012 that we would have missed this? Like, I suppose waiting for the coming <laughs> apocalypse, weren't we? The Mayans. Yeah, I the think Ma- the the Mayans predicted all of our deaths. <laughs> <laughs> so that we haven't death. got time for the cinema, we have to prepare <laughs> and get our shit in order. I don't know where this came from. I I've never heard of it. By the way, it's called Frozen Ground because it takes place in Alaska. This is actually based on a true film. On a true film? This on is a based true on on a true <laughs> <laughs> This is a biography in a sense. Cindy Paulson's like struggle through these events. Oh my god. Um takes place in Alaska. It's called Frozen Ground because he would, you know, bury these bodies during the Alaskan winter and mm. you would have to wait uh for it to fall out before you could even go searching for the bodies and oh my god yeah so uh, no. very tragic but an excellently executed film uh in i think every shape uh mm. the directing the writing and most certainly the acting which is kind of what i would like to focus on like Vanessa Hudgens is plays a very tormented character yeah. uh, extremely well and with the exact levity as you would hope for when dealing with this kind of you know content yeah then we have nicholas cage who's also a big focus of the film he just disintegrates into the role like it's it doesn't take long for you to not even realize it's nicholas cage like you believe this detective like he this sergeant like you and what he's doing and how he's going about it john cusack is another he plays the murderer, mm. uh, and, you know, you get shots of him, like, kind of going through the motions of his rituals. You feel the, the terror and, like, the... <laughs> it's insane. He seems like a, a straight-up serial killer. Like, I, I don't know if this wow. was any kind of CGI or just really good directing, but there are moments in the film where his eyes go black, like, pure black. Oh, and it's shit. like, yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's so good. I like, like to the, think the it's acting just, is amazing. I like to think it's a combination of uh, direction and lighting and that that uh, gets that. Yeah, but, I think it was. It, it didn't read CGI to me. But then John uh, Cusack's another one who loses himself in a role. He is marvelous. He's fantastic, and this is a really great role that he's executed on. It, it's insane how much like elevated. Nicholas Cage's performances mm. it really feels like this entire cast and you know you have actors like uh Kevin Dunn and Dean Norris in this circle of what's going on here like very familiar faces one of the casting I'd like to 
specifically point out is that Cindy Paulson, uh, the sex worker, she has a pimp. Now, Greg. Yeah. (laughs) um, (laughs) I want you to to guess. Three guesses. I'll give you three guesses. Who is playing the pimp? Is it the guy who was the uh, Phoebe's younger brother in um, Friends? No. Okay. Is it Alice Cooper? <laughs> no, it's not Alice Cooper. Uh, can, I'll give you a little uh, more direction. Please. Uh, the The actor is in of African-American descent. Is it Samuel L. Jackson? It's not Samuel L. Jackson. The, the pimp, the person playing literally pimp Clayt Johnson is the name of the character, mm. is none other than actor rapper 50 cent oh shit yeah 50 fucking cent and let me tell you how good this movie is mm. he he does a great job <laughs> he what? does a fantastic job how He's would i have guessed 50 cent i don't know <laughs> i would if i guessed 50 cent that would be because i knew the answer that's because you saw the movie yes exactly <laughs> that's mag- that's incredible like, I, uh, I never would have i i don't know about you but hmm. i don't think i ever would have and i never would have actually thought that he would do a good job like i said he's not in the film that much but what he's doing is really really good and incredibly convincible like i see that it's 50 cent yeah and i almost can't tell that it's 50 cent because he's doing a great job i think the directing on this was i think the directing on this was it yeah i think the director really got uh this movie and got everybody where they needed to be got them on all on the right track um Wow. Yeah, fantastic film. Uh, um, I could not recommend this more. Please, if you are listening to this, watch it. It's I, If you're in that area of your life, if you're in a season of your life where it's like bum t- bummer town, you can avoid it by all hmm. means. But like, if you're in a place to handle this, like it's worth a watch, and it it's very respectful to the actual real-life victims. Yeah, I was going to um, ask that, because um, with films like this... I I don't have an answer to this, so I'm interested mm. in your opinion, but I won't be mm. instantly contradicting you. Do you think with films like this, is it better, like from a moral stance, is it better when they're based on real stories, or is it better when they're mm. fictions? Now, I can see strong arguments for either side because you could say if it's a fiction it's like oh my god well why would you think up this why are you using this Mm. sort of thing just as entertainment um but you could also argue well it's not exploitative and it's probably if you fictionalize something like this you're pulling ideas from a million different real life scenarios but you're not focusing in on one particular one because that could be seen as turning trauma into entertainment or you could argue that, no, it's much better. If it's based on a true story, you're bringing attention to these victims and what they went mm-hmm. through, and in assuming it's done well, obviously, as this film mm. sounds like it is. I, I get where you're going at, though, and it is a struggle. And I would say that, although this answer sounds very diplomatic, it is truly what I believe. If both angles are doing it with the utmost respect both of them are the best way to go about it yeah fair enough um, can't argue i that. yeah it's it's just i don't know what 
other people may or may not believe, but in this particular film, I think is a good example of how to do it based on a true story, because even though it is a film made for money, it does pay a lot of respect to the victims, and it feels like it's alerting us to events that actually took place Yeah, to, you know, keep us... Uh, the idea of this in our heads and in the and uh, so that all the voices who couldn't speak for themselves can be spoken for. Uh, that's kind of the angle that I feel is the best way to go about it. And this is the way that they've they've gone about it, in my opinion. I mean, Mag- just just incredible. Like, I, I don't think there's any question in this episode, to be honest with you, I think that the frozen ground is uh, streets ahead. Yeah. Streets ahead. I like a good twist. Don't I like a good third act twist? Don't oh. get me wrong. Oh, I think a score um, to settle could have beaten quite a lot of the films that we've seen already. Mm-hmm. I think it easily could have raced through, but up against the frozen ground, I just think it would almost seem disrespectful to the victims <laughs> of John Cusack. <laughs> Um, of John Cusack's um, character, yeah. <laughs> then um, uh, to, I, to that's another. I really love that like early '90s grunge band, John Cusack's Victims. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I read somewhere the other day someone referred to Alaska and Hawaii as uh, DLC for America, which. I- <laughs> Yeah, this, yeah, this is the downloadable content. I, I read, I read. Really oh, by the that. way, mm. another fun fact about Alaska: this takes place during Anchorage at Anchorage, Alaska, okay. which is where the Chinese invaded during World War Three in the fictional universe of Fallout. Really? Yeah. Oh my! Every God. time I think of, of Anchorage, I think about that stupid fucking fact, and it always creeps into my head. And it's like Thomas, no one fucking cares. It's people care. Some fictional work in a video game, and I- <laughs> it's not a real fact. I reckon if you go to Anchorage, and why on earth would you not? Then um, they've probably got at least one plaque up saying uh, the site of the Chinese invasion of World War Three. Yeah, so I I I would agree. I think Frozen Ground is truly a great film. Can't believe it's not spoken of more, mm. and it's rated to what it is today. I'm on IMDb right now. It's getting the ten out of the ten rating. There, I've clicked it. Nice. Um, so what sort? Of I really reviews, enjoyed it. What sort of reviews does this tend to get, or does it just not get many reviews because it slid under the radar? I mean, numerically, it seems. A little lower than I would like to. I would like to believe, but there are some user reviews who are like, "Yeah, this is a man. I'm a huge fan of Nicolas Cage, and man, this is a great subtle role for him. Like mm. that really displays his talents as, as a dramatic ass- actor." <laughs> You're gonna uh, say dramatic uh, asshole? <laughs> I'm a dramatic asshole, uh, which you know sometimes he is, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and it's really good. Yeah, it's it's. People echoing a lot of the same opinions. I don't see a really bad one in the bunch. Good. Oh, there's a lot of reviews here too. Okay, well, I'm I'm glad that it's getting good reviews because it's always inexplicable when films that we really enjoy get bad. Re- like I know everyone's got their own opinion and yada yada, but it just is really bizarre when people strongly wanna... dislike a great movie. Yeah. 
It is. And I see some reviews and like a lot of the lower reviews are people who are just like, eh, yeah. they, they don't even have a descriptor of why they didn't like the film. They were just like, meh, it's okay. And, and then just, you have people who give it higher ratings and there's like paragraphs of like, oh, so yeah, I, suppose I don't. The only justification for that is if you come to the film not in the right mood for this sort of film, I can understand mm. why you wouldn't necessarily enjoy it. But in that case, you just don't review it. I feel like it is the audience's responsibility to come to a film with the right level of expectations. Yeah. I always want to trust the filmmakers until they give me a reason not to. Yeah. Uh, you know? And ju- judge it at the end. And any questions you have, there's a chance they'll be answered before the end of the film. So keep it all there. Mm-hmm. I do quite, because occasionally when watching these films, uh, I make my notes, and by the end of the film, there's three or four notes with lines scribbling them out, because like, what the hell is going on? Oh, no, he answered, I just was impatient, sorry. Yeah, 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 same, same. (laughs) But congratulations to The Frozen Ground. Your hard subject matter, but respect and dedicated way of going about it has made you throw yourself forward into into stage two into round two into round b you have climbed the ladder you are one step closer to donkey kong (laughs) i imagine that's what's happening i imagine the winner gets to punch donkey kong yeah i imagine nicholas cage with a hammer yeah just doing the i i'm hoping that uh, that will happen come the final. Like, we've got a while before the final, so relax, guys. You've got plenty of time. But wow. Yeah, chill out. Yeah, apologies to Score to Settle. You did all right. You touched me. You moved me. But you just didn't quite cut the mustard. You weren't Alaska good. There we have it. We have another movie kicked to the curb like a filthy useless potty mouthed dog and another film elevated to the heights of a celestial body so thomas tell me what are you up to with your life when you you uh my guy i am doing nothing ever other than playing D &D on sundays 1 p.m est at twitch.tv off dirty off duty otter o f f d u t y o t t e r off duty otter friend of mine who's streaming it for us while we play in the dm dms just a group of streamers friends and some uh co-workers having a good time now forgive my ignorance what is a poll worker oh is that a poll dancer or is that like a chippy or something i maybe misspoke and said poll worker instead of co-worker you said poll worker nice i (laughs) fucked that up (laughs) i confirmed fucked that up and when you're not listening to me mispronounce things uh what are you up to greg um i i am most of my time is taken up uh plotting and planning i have uh been running forward with better bible series two the new batch and that's mm. that's coming out uh as this is recorded i have just finished uh recording earlier on today the um 
uh, fourth of the four Gospels, and I'm making notes on the next book. But uh, by the time mm. you're listening to this, dear listener, goodness knows how far we're, we are. But we're racing through that. We're pushing it forward. So if you could give that a listen, that would be great. And also, I'm making lots and lots of notes on how to promote things because we need to promote all these things that we that that we do we need millions of people listening which just listener begets listener and uh, i'm just trying to work out how to do that but each plan i have just goes oh well i've just created a lot more work for myself i thought like <laughs> oh maybe this one thing i've been writing maybe i could turn it into a stop motion thing ah oh, maybe i could do a weekly thing on tiktok which is a stop motion animated thing of little creatures breaking down what we've done this this week and what what shows are coming out it's like well that <laughs> that is just about five hours of work for me to do mm-hmm. so who knows by the time you listen to this episode there may well be stop motion adverts being put about every now and then and you guys you could help out greg a little bit and you know how you could do such a thing you could comment yeah rate yeah the podcast on itunes or wherever you are listening whatever however which way you're listening to this it's not that you know give us one of them click on the things Mm -hmm. comment the things and give us a subscribe and follow and it will help out you want to help greg yeah i know you want to help greg we all want to help greg and also help out greg help me Uh, and to all nick cage podcasts that are listening some of you will a lot of you won't but to all nick cage podcasts listening we need a letter writing campaign to every single movie magazine in existence because imagine an article on the number of nick cage podcasts that exist and what the allure of this man and his sort of movies back catalog is we could have that huge article there could be a front page spread right front page all of our faces and if you don't want your faces, just something which is symbolic of you. Something which is standing in for you. All of us together having a big hug. Maybe kneeling down next to Nicolas Cage himself. I genuinely believe this could happen. But we need the dedication and the commitment of the entire community. We've been enemies before. We've been friends. Eternal Cauldron, I know you're our friends. But all of us. We must come together and we must work together to take over all of these magazines just for one issue. Wouldn't it be fun? It wouldn't achieve anything. We're not going to get mm-hmm. like anything special come out of it. But wouldn't it be wonderfully silly? Can't, yes. we, can't we come together? Won't someone think of the Nicolas Cage article that could be written about us? Think about how you guys, you guys, you're the, you're the other parts of the Voltron. That. Of the Nicolas Cage Voltron. Yes. And we need you to operate. So sort your shit out. We won't be telling you again. We we will definitely tell you again. But yeah, listen to Off Duty Otter. Listen to Better Bible. Enjoy yourselves, people. That's me, Aikman. Out. Peace. What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole? <laughs>